Philosophy. Descartes. Debate. The Mepropod. 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 The awesomest discussion podcast in the history of the human species. Oh, yeah! Let me tell you of an interview with an old man emu. He's got a bacon feathers and things, but the poor old fella ain't got no wings. Aren't you jealous of the wedge-tailed eagle? I'm better to da-da-da. Well, the eagle's flying round and round to keep my two feet firmly on the ground. Now, I can't fly, but I'm telling you, I can run the pants of a kangaroo. But da do 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 He can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can run the pants of a kangaroo. Alright, in that case, welcome to the MEP Report number 143, November 9th, 2015, T-minus two and a half weeks to Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, who's with me? Who's with me, people in the internet? None of you are, but I mean, let's say that you were, um, you know, I'm just saying. Most people in America are with you. Yeah. They, they will end up in Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's good. They will get but the Canadians have already mm-hmm. arrived, because there's like a Canadian Thanksgiving yeah. that already existed. Which is, which is strange to me as an American, of course, who should only care about his own uh, holidays. But it's sort of strange to me to imagine Thanksgiving like a month and a half ago or something, you know? Like it just feels so Novembery to me that I'm like, really? You have your Thanksgiving in like September or October? Do we know what the roots of the reason? Why, why are there two different? It seems such a random holiday that it's like, no, we must observe it on this arbitrary date in the fall. I don't actually like, know. Why? Why are there two Thanksgivings? Well, uh, historically, uh, since the Canadians were loyalists to the British crown, um, they were very thankful for what they had while the, uh, the thankless Americans decided to revolt. And so they like to celebrate earlier than we do yeah, to so rub that in our nose. <laughs> it definitely did have the feeling of this is some crap that Russ is throwing at us uh, exactly right now. <laughs> Because yeah. otherwise, like, so what it was is that America was like, they're finally like, fine, we'll be thankful to, like, much later. Is that the idea? Yeah, after uh, several bloody wars, including the War of 1812, we're like, okay, everyone can thank somebody, but we'll mm. do it on our own t- time later. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and not believe that. Um. I'm, I'm going to go to the Googles right now and find out exactly why Canadian Thanksgiving exists. I also want to know if you there's know, any other Thanksgiving say, I, at any other I British miss- speaking company. I don't know if there is. Sorry. Sorry. I, I miss the days when we couldn't just go to Google. I miss the days when we would have like a half hour debate about our totally irrational theories and there would just be no way to resolve. We would just be like, well, you know, I guess we have to call a Canadian or like, we'll just agree to disagree and, you know, be grumpy with each other because we have no way of knowing. I think there, yeah. there was a certain merit to, you know, the debated ignorance of society. Well, knowledge, just, knowledge was actually valuable back then. Yeah. Now it's uh, it's a dime a dozen. You can just go look it up and forget it instantly, and That's it doesn't true. matter. Everything's yeah. ubiquitous and available all the time. So therefore, it, there's it's no point working to know anything. Right. Yeah, that's, you, that's fair. You really miss sort of resolution of dispute, right? Because like, I mean, you, you you're, a, well, you're annoyed that we have resolution of disputes now, and then you know. Yeah, I mean, I just I just missed the process. It was just such a fun process because I remember, like, even in high school, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, 
uh, where you just have these debates that would just take on, you know, people would make arguments as compelling or, or otherwise as Russ just did. And like, people would be like, that's absurd. It was actually that Ben Franklin wanted the Turkey to be the national bird. And so we couldn't eat it. And then there were <laughs> Eagles and Eagles only flew in late November, you know, and like, right. It it was fun. That was a fun process, you know. And then <laughs> when you there was no trust, you didn't really know. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you know, you just had to come up with the best possible theory. I don't know. It was like it was. <laughs> I like it. Well, I actually just found it, uh, and it says that yeah. um, the reason is because the date um, was celebrated as an annual holiday in Canada since November sixth, eighteen seventy nine, when Parliament declared a national day of Thanksgiving. But it was not a fixed date until Thursday, January thirty first, nineteen fifty seven, when the Parliament of Canada proclaimed a proclamation stating a day of general thanksgiving to Almighty God for the bountiful harvest with which Canada has been blessed to be observed on the second Monday in October. So basically, it's kind of a Parliament created holiday. And I don't. For I don't, a second, I thought so. you meant the British Parliament, and I thought Russ was totally vindicated. I was <laughs> yeah. Canada shall <laughs> be thankful see? at this time. And yes. <laughs> yes. The Americans shall wait three weeks later for their thankfulness. I like to think that the Americans would actually, really, in this theory, actually give a damn what the hell the British told them to do. <laughs> They'd just be like, oh, thanks for letting us know. We appreciate it. We, thank you. Yes. As we still declare allegiance to the Crown, we will listen to parliamentary procedure and. You know, well, historically, the British had a monopoly on tea and on gratefulness, and so you have to <laughs> wait till they decide to give it to you. Yes, the the, le- the much lesser known uh, grateful party is where they actually threw thankfulness overboard. They everyone dressed up and they threw thankfulness overboard in the harbor, um, boxes of it really, and and that was a that was a great sort of they were know, hallmark symbolic... cards. Yes, they? it was a symbolic. Yeah. It was hallmark <laughs> card. It was a symbolic strike. Um, against both the greeting card industry and the belief that Americans should have to be thankful for anything, so that's that's really that's what freedom is all about: is acknowledging that we don't we don't actually thank you for anything, and we're not. Grateful. Is Thanksgiving the only holiday that Hallmark has not found a way to capitalize on? Like, well, we've talked which about is people don't give people give Thanksgiving cards, don't they? Do or is they? that not a thing? I guess they can't. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not common, but well, I'm assuming that like, like you can find one without too much effort. Yeah, people, people give cards start for, like, Best Boss Day. Thank you I notes. Mean, you know, so. <laughs> That's what you should do. You should give thank you notes. You should wait until yeah. for all of your gifts or whatever you've received that year, birthdays, weddings, you know, what have you. And then everyone should just disperse their thank you notes. And talk about a way to tank Thanksgiving's popularity. <laughs> I was just about to say, it goes from being the, well, the holiday everyone likes to being yeah, like, exactly. Ugh. God. Ugh. Oh man. But it's Hallmark like, would make more money. They would make more money. Because it's like it's the day that's the thing, right? Like you're right. We've talked about this before. That Thanksgiving is a holiday that, you know, now in Story's case, he's not going to care as much about it because it's so much driven by food. But in True. Russ's in my case, I mean, what's not to like? It's hanging out with people. There's very little sort of commercialism as much as possible with a holiday associated with it. You get to have some awesome food and then you get to watch some American football and you get to hang out with family. Like there's no, you know, it's 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 a good holiday, but uh, if you were to somehow kind of increase the sort of problems that exist with it by adding an unnecessary step like <laughs> automatic thank you note day or something, then all of a sudden it becomes because that's the thing, right? Like at Christmas, it's great because you're like, yes, gifts, but then you get above a certain age and you're expected to write thank you notes for the gifts, and you're like, oh, you know, and that's that's kind of that's that's where it's at. I don't know where Black Friday sort of fits in this though, because I feel like Black Friday belongs less to Thanksgiving and more to Christmas. 
sort of, you know, so it's it's literally the day after Thanksgiving. And so I feel like that's... The day after Thanksgiving is American Christmas. Right. It's the beginning of Christmas, which right. lasts for, I, don't know, I think, four months now. I think that's... <laughs> yeah, commercial season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It does, it does do those things. But yeah, I, I like it, though. I like the idea that there's... Uh, I, so it, I can't find any other specific, like, Thanksgiving days, but I feel like there should be other Thanksgiving days that exist in the world, you know? And I don't know why, I mean, maybe Google is failing me, but I don't know why Thanksgiving isn't more, I don't know. It just says primarily in Canada and the United States. I'm like, I don't, is there anyone else? In some thanks? places, it's probably like where the U.S., when the U.S. stopped bombing them. That's a day. That is that what it is? Just well, commemorate. There is Thanksgiving in Liberia. You'll be happy to know. Huh. Uh, yeah, but that's because it's an American tradition. That's and true. And so the Americans ah. who founded Liberia brought stuff with them when they went back there oh yeah well then how do you explain to me how there's thanksgiving in the netherlands because they just trade a lot of things including holidays <laughs> thank you lord for not letting the sea follow over us this day <laughs> we did not all get destroyed by the sea this time yeah hey uh, i'll give you a russian orthodox christmas for two canadian thanksgivings <laughs> i have this barrel of fresh valentine's day <laughs> There's a there's a Thanksgiving festival in Germany called Erntedankfest, which is an early October festival, um, and it has a significant religious component to it. But like its North American counterpart, includes large harvest dinners, parades, and uh, and features Oktoberfest, and we all know about uh, Oktoberfest. Yes. <laughs> and then it just gets sort of worse and worse. Then there's there is actually a Thanksgiving a Labor Thanksgiving Day in Japan, which is uh, it's actually it's, we're thankful for this non-holiday. I was just <laughs> going to say it's an occasion for commemorating labor and production and giving one another thanks. But it was adopted during the American occupation after World War II. So really, I'm sure Japan was very into the concept of Thanksgiving. Like we'd like to thank our occupiers for kicking our ass in the war and for now telling us what to do. Thank you, occupiers, for doing We're all that. We're so happy to work on non-military related things <laughs> from now on. Thank, Thank you. you for not defeating us again. Signed, Japan. Yeah, so that's, and that's it though. It's just, there's a few countries like that here and there. St. Lucia, but I don't know if that really, or St. Lucia. St. Lucia, I guess? Well, I think, I think in it. the case of America and Canada, it's because the countries were founded in these sort of hostile wildernesses uh, where we were had to survive to sort of stake our claim. And that's not the case with most other modern countries because they settled their, their own countries, you know, thousands of years ago or something. So they don't have a, a thanks story about it. They just always lived there as far as they were concerned. Right. There's nothing sort of exciting about that otherwise. Um, and the Australians are just kind of ungrateful. So. Yeah. Were they going to give thanks for being sent to prison? Yeah. Well, touche. <laughs> well, it says that Thanksgiving is not celebrated on Australia, but it is a, a celebrated on the external territory of Norfolk Island. And it was brought to the island by visiting American whaling ships. So, yeah. you know, it's America. Also, Grenada has uh, a national holiday known as Thanksgiving Day. And uh, the holiday marks the anniversary of the U.S.-led invasion of the island in 1983. See, I, I told you. I'm, I'm making this up. This is like our export. It's, like, it's yeah. what we do. We export Thanksgiving to people. It's like Thanksgiving and baseball. It's like now the baseball's over. Everyone's time for Thanksgiving. And then your American duties are finished for the, the year. But it feels like we arrived too late to the party, right? Because like Great Britain was like, here, we're going to colonize you and give you cricket. So everywhere around the world, everyone will love cricket. Also, a few – so we got there. We're like, yeah, well, uh, you guys will celebrate – thanksgiving yeah that's our 
what? That's where we get. That's our cultural touchstone. Is, is well, some countries we were able to punish harshly enough that the, we we had them transfer from cricket to baseball, like Japan and the Koreas and the Philippines, and you know, we really gave it to them. So they, they're like, okay, okay, baseball, baseball, and Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, we understand those are the most important things. Yeah, it's true. Is it, I, and actually, I wonder about this. I, I want to ask story this first because I'm curious. Is there can you think of a uniquely American? I can think of one. Can you think of a uniquely American thing story that you're glad to have that America exported to the world? I don't mean forcibly. I mean like that Besides it provided baseball. to the world. Besides, well, that's true. Baseball doesn't. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's assuming um, you think Japan's been a positive addition. My God, how many good Japanese players? No, I'm just kidding. As he takes uh, his Ichiro picture and throws it in my general virtual direction. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, like, okay, so besides baseball. So, yeah, baseball. Um, gosh. I can think cold of one. showers, baseball. Um, cold, Margaret Thatcher naked on a cold day. <laughs> baseball. <laughs> cold uh, showers. Listen, we didn't give anybody Margaret Thatcher naked, okay? That was all, <laughs> that was all the UK. Um, I don't know. I'm sure we, you know, popularized interest in the novel in a way that like, I mean, the British probably got there first, but, um, that's a good one. I hadn't even considered that. You're actually on the right track for what I was thinking. I was thinking artistic realm myself, but not in writing necessarily. Uh, I don't like a lot of other art that isn't writing. I don't know. I mean, I guess there's some pretty good movies here from now and from now and again. Um, (laughs) But like, you know, there's also a lot of lousy movies. I don't know. Right. Holistically, it's hard to say the Amer- like taking the whole cloth of the American export of movies is like a really, really all over the place bag. I don't know. Folk music. See, that's where I thought you were going to go. I was yeah. going to say folk music and maybe j- I would say jazz music also because jazz is uniquely American. There's no question. You about know, it, I so. have no appreciation for jazz yeah. and I, I have nothing against it. I just like. It's something that I recognize that I I just like don't feel or get. No, that's cool. One of the many reasons I moved to New Orleans. I was gonna say you're in exactly the right spot to not understand (laughs) those things, but you can at least agree with me on folk music, though, right? I mean, folk music. Yeah, no, I'll I'll take folk music. Yeah, sure. I think that's I think that's pretty good. I mean. You know, I wonder how much of it was necessary as a reaction to other American things that we were exporting. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> my favorite thing we exported is Doctors Without Borders because we were starting wars. Sorry we were... for the landmines, but have some mm-hmm. folk. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the Anti-Nuclear Weapon Commission because we invented nuclear weapons. <laughs> it gets a little bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and don't forget folk art, which is like a Paul Bunyan made out of bottle caps or something like that. That mm-hmm. is well, uniquely yeah, American tradition. That's there's just... that Americana for you, Russ. Have yep. you got have you got a favorite uh, American export that that you uh, you know? Uh, I like the Trident missile. I think that's a nice <laughs> one. Yes, um, I, I thought that'd be a solid. There one. was actually a big thing in L.A. I don't know if it was on Halloween night or uh, last week or something like that. A bunch of people were convinced they saw a UFO. Oh, I and, heard about this. It was a Trident missile launch, right? It was a test Yeah, launch apparently it was an unarmed Trident missile launch because either, you know, we're gearing up our naval military exercises or trying to scare the, you know, the Chinese Navy who's parked on the other side of Alaska, you know, World War III, World War III, World War III. <laughs> or, um, Make sure to like know, that on Facebook. Or it's just some ordinary missile test over, you know, populated area. <laughs> that all these happens. things are plausible. 
Yeah, but a lot of people were just like, well, yeah, of course you had to release a statement because then otherwise it definitely would be a UFO confirmed. So we don't even believe you in your Trident missile story, <laughs> um, which is my favorite part. Maybe Halloween. Yeah. Russ, Russ mentioned Halloween. Halloween's a good American export. But that's not is that really, our thing? Sort of like, did we that do was, that? I thought we all Hallow's Eve. I thought that was a UK thing that came to us, no? I don't I mean I I feel like the phenomenon of American Halloween is like almost unrecognizable. I mean I, I guess it's roots. Yeah. You can give that a toss up, but I feel like American Halloween I mean, you know, one of my best friends married a a Brit and she definitely talked about it of like, "Oh, we're we're doing Halloween now. That's, you know, an American thing that's come over." People dress up and ask for candy. So she sounds super excited in the way I would expect a British national. To well, say, I mean, oh, yeah. we're doing and Halloween now. She doesn't get. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm still a little, a little under the weather, so I can't really properly do her British accent. But she kind of sounds that way. About everything. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. What are we wearing? Different oh. things today. Yeah, That's no, wonderful. exactly. She's oh, very, she, horrendously stereotypical in in all the right ways. I, I mean, I she she embraces this herself. This is nothing we haven't talked about. She's a big fan of Venus. Oh, what I like about the colonies are these little quaint traditions they come up with, including the power of Thanksgiving. What is this turkey you have? You have. No, she's she does stuff like that. In uh, she is, you know, with with my good friend who is her husband now, who obviously is an American, and they're now living in in Britain. But even before they moved back to London, they would celebrate uh, July fifth as resubjugation day, <laughs> <laughs> openly. So you know that's resubjugation uh, day. So that yeah. it was also known as as delusion day because that didn't really. I think it may have been implying something about their relationship. Oh, oh do I? Have you spoken about this friend? Um, I mean, if, you know, to us in other contexts. I'm sure, well. No, this is not okay. This is not <laughs> no. one of the. I'm being very vague. This is this is not one of the people that you've referred to because I didn't think that person was was British. I, I, I think it's. Oh no! Person. Yeah, no. I were. <laughs> this is really great. Radio. I was really confused. Yes. This is someone whose marriage I fully approve of. If that will, you know, provide enough context. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So. Yes, that now explains <laughs> it. All right. And for more, see Private Conversations, not meant to show up on the MEP report. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think it was on a show that we were No, it wasn't. That's why I was being very vague. I don't approve of. Right, right. But oh. That's okay. Uh, don't worry, friends. I approve of all of your marriages. It's all fine. <laughs> In case you're wondering, that's now the case. Oh my gosh, that's funny. All right, so so this person was an actual Brit. Well, because I mean, I'm uh, this is on my mind a little bit because I just started today um, talking to my speech class about some of the origins and roots of debate um, because I'm actually we're moving into the debate phase of the semester, um, and uh, so I've been sort of looking into the kind of the roots of it, which is something quite frankly that I haven't done for uh, about. 12 years now um i i have not really thought actively about um sort of like the process of teaching debate as such in that time maybe a little bit less and uh so it's been interesting to kind of get back into the roots of it and be like oh yes this is this is why i found this activity the most important thing i ever did in college yes i can see why there was so much to it so uh you know which i'm, I'm sure i'm talking to a uh I was going to say, audience, Russ and I but, totally uh, disagree. Yeah. yeah, I know. You're like, I don't even understand why you would even, <laughs> no interest in this. Why you would even care. Bait? Yeah. I know. It's true. It's mm. like, and I see, I, you know, when I was going through it, I saw these things like, um, you know, Toastmaster stuff. And it's like, mm. I don't know, man. You know, like I, I play, I like do the Toastmaster thing. And I'm like, it's 
fine, but it just doesn't. I don't know. It it doesn't have that that spark for me. I feel like to- Toastmasters. And I mean, I'm sure I'm offending the audience right now that is like, I have built my life and well, my rep. You know, my let's sort of let's continue on that thread of offending any Toastmasters members who may be fans of this podcast because I also. I mean, they had been recommended to me as a postgraduate debate kind of activity, but it just seems like the least competitive thing in the world. Because, I mean, the competitive toasting, like we're all going to give a bunch of toasts while we're not even celebrating anything. Yep. And just, we're just, it's like, it's like having Thanksgiving every day is what Toastmasters is. It's just like, let's find other reasons to wax poetically about things. For no reason, unless is it like unless it's like a secret, you know, alcoholism club, then I would understand. So you, just, you're, you justify the the meeting and the alcoholism by, by the fact that you say a few words before you're all toasting. I just don't. No, I mean, I've never been before you all get toasted. Yeah, synopsis. I was just gonna say before you all get toasted. Yeah, <laughs> toasted masters. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I think about yeah, well, toastmasters like every couple years, and I always like. I've never actually like gone to a thing. We were tabling the nonprofit that I work for was tabling next to them at some event a few months ago. And like, I considered signing up and I just never like, they seem like very undebatey people generally. And I think it is the lack of sort of competitive spark that is just kind of like, you know, I don't know. It just, I've never been, I've never quite pulled the trigger and been compelled to do it because it feels very, very, um, I don't want to say remedial, but just purposeless, purposeless. It's like we all want to speak the language to each other. We have no reason or basis for what we're doing. We're just going to get in a room and speak. We're not here to learn anything. I don't think Toastmasters are there to learn anything. No, I think they are. I mean, so the the people that I talked to, it was it seemed like their mission was kind of to help people who lack confidence in public speaking get over that which is you know i am all for that that is great i think that's you know that's obviously um a lot of my debate coaching i was just as proud of people who were able to carry on an entire speech after not being able to as people who were winning things so you know that's that's great um that said like i don't know i feel like there should be a little bit, a little bit of drive to do more. I, I like the image that the two images we've now created of Toastmasters are either they are sort of this aimless sort of experience of people vaguely saying things at each other while holding alcohol, or they're basically like Fisher Price, my first speech class, where everyone just sort of sits around in this remedial thing, and it's like, I'd like to thank everyone yeah. for being just... here. Yay! He thanked everyone for being here. Good job. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> I'm Bob. Jaws at each other pointlessly. Hi, Bob. I'm a talking now. Oh, I'm a talking now. Oh, it's my turn. I'm a talking. Oh my God! As we just completely (laughs) obliterate this organization with you know, no doubt, hundreds of thousands of members. Like what? That's not Toastmasters. We should put a link, a link to their organization on the page for this. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say the new hashtag for the Twitter feed just to make sure that this offense does not go unpunished. Well, you know what we should do is we should actually challenge them to a debate and then see whether oh, what you're saying yes. is true. And then they would end up failing because oh, yes. they're like, we no, we can't compete. But you're, you're spoiling our activity. No, no. Why would you do that? I don't that? even have a martini in my hand. How could I <laughs> debate you, sir? <laughs> oh, oh, what a catch-22 for them, too, at that point. It's like, well, if we debate you, then we're admitting 
that it has to be a competitive event. But if we don't debate you, we're true to our principles. <laughs> uh, One of their kids is going to have to have a confirmation or a bar mitzvah or something like that so that they can invite us to a thing where we can all debate Exactly. So that they can make toasts. <laughs> what? And then are we gonna diss the kid with the bar mitzvah? Is that our next move? Like, <laughs> Mr. Yes. Speaker, it's very that obvious is. that there are three, at least three, reasons why this kid's bar mitzvah has no relevance in today's current society. And I want to begin by taking an overview. And all the, they're all just like, oh my god, like, their eye, mouth open, staring at us. Like, what is this you child talking? a man? He can't even get a license to drive a car. He can't fight a war. He has no money. This is not a man, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. my gosh it's just it just and it and it really yeah it sort of plays into the worst conceivable stereotypes i just feel like the problem is that i feel like toastmasters i always see toastmaster listed like next to things like well they enjoy rotary club and toastmasters you know what i mean like it, it doesn't strike me as particularly young and hip or i don't know something like it always seems yeah, to if pop you're, up if you're like, 75 and over like please for feel free to disregard everything we've said i'm sure it's hard to find fun ways to spend your time oh god you know in the club atmosphere <laughs> if you're under 75 though this applies to you definitely <laughs> <laughs> this is so terrible i feel deeply ashamed that we're attacking the major speech organization that exists i feel like there's something deeply wrong you know what it is that. you know I bet why you they deserve find it, toast in these places i bet they don't have any toast or bread Sorry. i mean when's the last time we had like a presidential candidate whose big claim to fame was that they did awesome at toastmasters like we already have a presidential candidate who was good at debate god help us yeah. you oh, know? Yeah. i mean that is Ted Cruz. okay back away slowly no right? i know it i believe me <laughs> that's not where we're going you yeah. know the problem is you know what i realize is irksome about it and makes this feel like fair game what's it's happening? the fact that they have masters in the name that's <laughs> that's the issue no i'm serious that's the problem because if if they were just like Toast toasters, or, so, you know, just toasters. <laughs> then you would be surprised if it wasn't just a bunch of machines. <laughs> well, okay, and, and, the, and their heads are toaster ovens. <laughs> toaster ovens, the head of toast ovens. Okay, but you know, or like, or like toaster fun club. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like the toast fact that they apply mastery to what they are doing, that makes it. You know, that just is begging for it because then it's like, no, we we have seen mastery at the speech. This is not that. You, you guys, know? now I'm starting to think of this is. Oh. Is golden brown, never blackened, always right. buttered on one side. I was just about Mister. to say, I feel like this is now some like secret society that vaguely resembles like a like a honor of the Grand Elk or something like that. Like you know the guys do in these rural areas where they all like go to this club and then they dress up and one of them's called like the Grand Poobah Master and it's all very weird and mysterious. I think that's basically what this is. You actually have a Toastmasters and they have different levels of it. There's like a Toast Novice. There's a Toast. Uh, toast neophyte. There's a toast adept. Toast dragon. Toast. Yeah, exactly. A toast dragon. And then there's and then there's the toast master. And it's actually not the highest level because there's there's like it's like a black belt. You could be like a first degree black belt, a second. So you actually have a toast master. And like Russ was saying, you have like toast master golden brown. Yeah. Toast master think... dark. Toast master. You know. Like, toast yeah. master strudel. I think they yeah. use the Swiss system over there. <laughs> Pop-tart so you have to master. beat toasters of your relative strength to move up in the rankings of toast. Can they be in a temple and, and you have to defeat each of them in turn, like in a speech? That'd be awesome. Can we do that, please? Like temple that of would, death? That I think would be too breakfast. competitive for them. And the top Although, speaker is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 
Can we do that, please? No, you all make breakfast, and then somebody <laughs> has black pudding, and somebody has cream of wheat, and then someone. Oh, and then there are French, French toast. toasters. Whoa, also. French toast! Yeah. <laughs> oh snap! Yeah, the Paris chapter totally owns everybody else. And the American chapter is really upset. We don't want no goddamn French toast leading us. God damn it. We have freedom toast here. Yeah, freedom toast instead. That, that toast was very nice, but as a French toaster, I have to disagree. <laughs> I'm curious as to how much you think, um, how far the sort of phones that are playing our podcast have been destroyed by actual Toastmaster participants at this point. Like, how many times have they beaten it into the ground in anger at our characterization of their no doubt wonderful activity at this point? I say zero. Zero. You don't think? Uh, no. There's, there's got to be to- no. It's a big deal, man. Every Toastmasters I, exist I everywhere. I question whether a Toastmaster would know what the word podcast was. Oh snap! And wow. would be able to find one on the internet. Shots be able to subscribe fired. to, let alone li- listen to a singleton on a computer. It just seems a very archaic, like analog room of cloth napkins. There's no computers in there. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. The, they, I saw some organizations that they, they actually have some Toastmaster speeches on YouTube, and I've seen a couple of them. And those people are definitely below the age of seventy-five. There's people who are like thirties. They found the YouTubes. Oh yeah, man. really? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's oh, I mean, impressive. Then they I'm had impressed. microphones. They had advanced audio technology. I mean, you know. So I, I think you gotta. I think you gotta be careful. I think there's a little. You're, I think you're violating the Prime Directive through your mockery. I think is what you're doing. And I think you got to be careful about that. The prime directive, which is that we can never interfere with a primitive society who doesn't know how to speak I speeches. Think that's what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great model for our show. I think we should just like pick a group and offend the daylights out of them every week. It's a great way to get listenership up. Because <laughs> oh, no, I, I mean, I'm actually uh, oil producers that one time. Because yeah, we'll, we'll we'll pick a we'll pick a fight with people, and then it's like the when we had that get your war on guy, and we just like by existing picked a fight with him on the show, and you know, yeah, it's yeah. great. Well, so, in fairness, the get your war guy pretty much like <laughs> he pretty much dropped a rhetorical grenade in the middle of us and set it off. So I think at that point, all bets were off. The yeah, get your war right. guy was not, and in complete fairness, happy. He did spend the rest of his life making artisan pencils, and that's yes, true. Which so, pretty much explains quite I don't know a bit. if that's a good or a bad effect of being on the MEP report. I bet but. he could be a Toastmaster. <laughs> I can see that guy in Toastmasting, don't Man. you? I think he's a little too... Uh, I think he speaks his mind a little too freely for my sense. He was complaining about TeamSpeak technologies at the time, which were too advanced for his liking. So That's exactly right. You know, could I want to know the technology today. I, do you guys think that um, uh, when they're doing it, is it do, do they say are they toasting or are they toast mastering? Are they do they call it mastering? Like what's what's the term? Like we have I think debating. It's remastering. Obviously. Yeah, they're remastering. Yeah, somebody somebody passes the stoli, <laughs> and until you get the stoli, you're not allowed to speak. It's like the conch shell, <laughs> and then you pour yourself a drink, and then uh... it's like being at a Russian dinner, except there's no philosophy or soul. It's just <laughs> A bunch or of Russians. people, or Russians, right? Or Russians, or, or people, even really. Um, no, I mean, I, you guys, you realize <laughs> that, like, there, like, like as far as reach, the Toastmasters <laughs> is far bigger of a deal than debating is, right? Like, as far as reach, there's more Toastmaster people than there are debaters, right? Isn't that true? I mean, yeah. there's more World no, of Warcraft I'm than Dark Age of Camelot. Face. It doesn't make it a better, better thing. Ah, uh, oh. 
that's ultimate Trump arguments. Yes. This is what you learn when you don't go to Toastmasters. <laughs> did you speaking of which, did you guys know there is a World of Warcraft movie coming out? Yes, yes. I, I saw the this. preview, yeah. Yep. Looks, I had the most looks bad. surreal experience. I mean, well funded, but it looks bad. Three minute a three minute commercial for it on the big screen at an NBA basketball game. It was the weirdest thing. And I was just thinking the whole time, like, Mark Jacobs must be so pissed. Like NBA is all video hip now, man. They're they're into yeah. the video game yeah. stuff. They really, of all the sports, are clearly the youngest demographic, and that includes football. Like, they are they are totally appealing to, like, the younger, hipper demographic basketball is. Because um, God knows it isn't hockey. Hockey, I mean, is, la- hockey is like the Toastmasters the of sports. I think we can agree with that. Um and, you know, baseball, eh, you know, football. But I'm telling you, basketball is all about the young kids. It's all about the young peoples. Yeah. It's good marketing. Yeah. I was just going to say, back in the day, they were also developing a Dark Age of Camelot movie. I don't know whether that really, happened. Really? Fell through. Oh, yeah. That was... And it was so small that we thought that, like, our own gaming lives would somehow leak into the characters of this movie. Because there were just, like, so Hilarious. relatively few people that you could draw from. That was Sky uh, Strider's big chance, man. Yeah. That was it. Sky Strider. Oh, God. Speaking of Sky Strider and Tilly's. Yes. Um, I don't know if I told you guys that my evil friends, um, much like uh, Greg of old, uh, they got me addicted to this game this app game called Star Wars Card Trader. Have I told you guys about this you at all? You told me about this. Uh, I don't I know the story okay. you've heard. This, no. I did a write-up on it for YouTuber review, uh, okay. but it's it got me for like three different reasons. Um, I like Star Wars lore and not more now than I thought I did before. Um, I like collecting things. And then I also like digital commodities, and these are all – none of these are physical cards. They're just pictures of things that show up on your app and have a limited release. And so there's like implied value in the fact that they're only like 500 of this picture of Han Solo with a border around him. Right. And people go berserk collecting these things. And they sell for real money on the internets. Um, <coughs> and so because Sky Strider Antilles was named after Wedge Antilles, I'm now making my personal mission to like hoard as many Wedge Star Wars card trader cards as I possibly can. And uh, this is my exciting exciting life. I've yeah, so Russ has become there. Charlie Brown <laughs> looking for his Joe Schlobotnik baseball card, um, his favorite baseball hero that he can never find. And then Lucy, he buy, he spends all of his money opening up every pack of cards that he can. And then Lucy spends five cents and gets the card and finds Joe Schlobotnik. Um, so that's, that's wow, what that Russ has, is. You know, that's a lot of parallels in the life of... My, so my friends who are even more addicted to this than I am have are running like scams on scams because the way that you buy these cards is you get these credits from tops and you can of course buy them for real money but all of us who are pretending that we're not investing our real money in this game are doing all these end runs around paying real money for credits so you get a certain number of free ones every day but that, those are never enough so you have to do things like take up offers from companies for free trials or order detergent for a week or like <laughs> spend a, a free month on scribd.com or you know, have men's grooming products sent to your house it's just all this nonsense that we're now involving ourselves in because it's cheaper than because that's way like, better than just five bucks I was yeah. about yeah, to say that like has any of this surprised any of us yet no we're not surprised yeah. at all okay it's just a weird line in the sand where we're like, well, I'm not going to pay money for these cards. But, yes, I will subscribe to, like, the Berenstein Bears book club for a this month. This reminds and me of when you spent 28 hours of your life 
lint rolling a couch rather than <laughs> that you had gotten for free rather than buying like a $25 couch. I still <laughs> have those couches, story. <laughs> <laughs> they still of bring comfort to many an improviser practicing in this apartment. Or when um, he took an Xbox 360 and spent forever <laughs> repurposing it into a media center. Oh, man. Through the I, power The worst mistake I ever yourself. made was, was selling that to a video game store. I wish I still had that Xbox today with my Intellivision emulator on it. Oh, boy. Oh, that was God, the best. Yep. How are those speakers working out for you? Well, oh, that God. was just straight up theft. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I mean, told, we're talking I told about you the like, story of those yeah. scam yeah. jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, those are not real. <laughs> sounded, I don't know why they sounded good to us. I guess we have no, we're not Toastmasters of speaker quality, <laughs> I guess. That we guy later on at his Toastmaster was like, my friends, mm-hmm, yeah. everyone's like, oh, yes, yes, they all settle down. I'd like to talk to you about the scam. And they're like, yes, the scam. So speeches about as, it. as an example, today I went to Pete's Coffee, which I've never been to in my life for any reason. Okay. Uh, I have no reason to go there, but it is within walking distance um, because there was a, a – and this is all through TapJoy. There was a TapJoy promotion such that you got an absurd number of credits for spending $1 or more at Pete's Coffee. Um, and what you had to do was you had to disclose like a credit card. So you had to give them a credit card. And when you used it, they would know and then they would credit you with the points. So I have two – and it had to be a visa. And I have two visas. So I registered both visas <laughs> under different emails. Sigh. And then I went to Pete's Coffee and I bought a green tea. And I pretended to have forgotten that I also wanted some trail mix. So then I went back and bought Trail Mix with the other credit card, and then I got home to 500,000 Star Wars card trader credits, which is just a feeding frenzy of buying playing cards, and uh, really enjoyed my Monday, you guys. Story, uh, has anything been that has been said by Russ surprised you to this point? Well, I'm just impressed that he avoided spending money by buying Trail Mix and Tea. Right. No, no, no. It's like the more it's like the thing like the more you spend, the more you save. Like, right? So he actually ended up gaining money through his process of spending it. So I don't I don't know what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> Did you know that I have a currently my most valuable card is a Darth Vader Halloween award card, which you get for completing the Halloween set, which was already very rare. There are only a hundred and three of them in existence and uh, they've sold on eBay for as much as like 50 bucks, and I'm thinking about unloading mine. But when I liquidate my invisible, electronic, non-provable trading cards onto eBay, you guys, <laughs> it's going to be Happy a Halloween. huge windfall. The huge. More things change. Yes, <laughs> I am your pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> This, this this so I'm fits. Just in awe. Yeah, I just want to point out how much better the alleged drug that I hooked you on was than this. Like this is such a pale oh, shadow God. of what Dark Age was. Such a but pale you realize shadow. that its pale shadowness is equally. Yeah, I, know, I know where this is going. To its paleness in its hold on him, it's like that methadone man. It's just a pale shadow of that that black tar you used to be on, and it's like yes. And thank God. So are you saying that this is among the living again? Yeah. So you're saying this is basically a harm reduction principle? Like I like he's doing yes, less damage to himself exactly, through this. That is exactly <laughs> what I would argue. <laughs> well, I mean, is that okay, also, Russ? Are you? Comp- I, I, I'm going to guess that this is partially like you used to collect baseball cards, right? So this is partially the baseball card yes, collector thing. Yes, I did. And also, there's a slight it's competition. The first cards I've collected since then. 
Okay, in that you're like, okay, you like Star Wars. Also, there's only 103 of them. So all the rest of you who no doubt are a Toastmaster right now bemoaning the fact you don't have Star Wars cards, you can all suck it, right? Like there's a competitive aspect, I assume, to this, right? Is that I I don't know, Greg. No? It just it just hits all of the OCD buttons perfectly. It's just like, oh, you can you can collect these things. Oh, they're all digital. Oh, wait, you can trade them with other users and try to upgrade your collection via your crafty trading. Oh, hang on. You can the things that you're collecting and trading and proving your savviness have a picture of Wedge Antilles on them. <laughs> and then and they're worth money in the real world and they're digital commodity they're like starter bitcoin for people who don't know what bitcoin is it's amazing it's, it's amazing. like it's a gateway drug into bitcoin so good it yeah. really does sound like some crafty person who despises russ like devised it in a lab <laughs> they did they were just like i know a way to sort of finally get at guberman after all these years and i can do it by sort of hitting into all of yeah. those things i bought a belt from this french men's uh clothing store and <laughs> Please it was don't like tell me that you did that so you could get points for this. Yeah, please. yeah, yeah, I did. There's like a minimum <laughs> purchase. This is so you get so many spending money on the game. So many points. Oh, it was like welcome this year. Points. Perhaps you would like this belt for like, your wedge gentilies, huh? Use a belt. We have some French I'm, My pants Master. are falling down. I'm so skinny. I need a belt. That's what I need. <laughs> and then I ordered it, and I it came here, and Stephanie was like. What is this? <laughs> You're belt. like, that's five wedge antilities is what that is. <laughs> wait a minute, wait her, a minute. And she's like, no, you did not do that. You're taking that back. <laughs> this is amazing. So I wait, wait. send it back to France. It's I, expensive. I, I, wait, 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 wait. I want to I wanna, I wanna understand. Why are these things connected to like French belt makers and like coffee in like Pete's coffee? Like, what the hell is this? Like, are, are there like connections? Like, does the French belt maker is his name both. George Lucas's like illegitimate like, son? Like, what what is this connection? I've I've actually lived on both sides of this economy before because when I used to work as a marketer for various apps that wanted to increase their download footprint, they would use services like Tapjoy, which is incentivizes users. And clearly, we the addicted to the Star Wars card cheater game are super incentivized <laughs> when. They tell us to do anything, anything. And we're like, yes, I would. Yeah, I want the Disney movie of the month club. I will buy all the Disney movies so that I because the points to buy them are absurdly expensive and it's offensive. And so you'd much rather um, demean yourself by joining clubs and signing up for spam emails and getting life insurance quotes. <laughs> you like, know where this is headed, Russ. You know what the next no. step is going to be. What's We're that? going to get an email, and it's going to say, we will give you 5 million card trader points if you join Toastmasters. Oh. so And deliver a speech on a... the benefits of emu glands. And that's what yeah, we'll so... know you'll have gone over to the other side. You're like, but guys, I could actually get a, I could get a Kylo Ren. Come on. That is actually an all-too-familiar scenario. I, I wrote a little article because I wanted to get some value out of my complete addictedness to this game, so I wrote an article about it to make myself feel better about the fact that I'd invested all this time. Now it's research. Yeah. Yeah. What, he's, what he's not telling you is he posted it on uh, he posted it on, as a comment in the Dove website so that he could get <laughs> 10 extra points for Star Wars. <laughs> um. So wait, but here, let me read you this one part of the article that I wrote because it's exactly what you're talking about. Okay. 
so we're, I'm talking about the process of, of like mutual exploitation, which we're all participating in via this this game. Like they're exploiting us by giving us fake pictures of things in exchange for our labor and our collection. We're exploiting companies by pretending to be invested in these companies to get more points. Um, so here's the, the the paragraph. So we're all complicit in this process. Tops wants to sell the cards to each uh, wants us to sell the cards to each other for Maribux as it gives the cards implied value. Twitter wants incentivized sign-ups and registration so that it can brag about its skyrocketing monthly active user number. Perhaps the most insidious example of this is the ironically named CARE, which is Californians for Affordable and Reliable Energy, an advocacy group for fracking and oil drilling interests, I have which heard has its of own tap joint incentivized yeah, credit heard of that, campaign. Yes to add addicted Star Wars uh, card trader hoarders to the ranks of its member base so that it can brag about the hundreds of thousands of people who support its agenda of polluting California's water reserves. So yeah, people will sign up and say, I'm a member of CARE in exchange for some paltry sum of Star Wars card trading credits. And then they get to say, look at all these people who support our agenda. And that is the future. Well, that's what's funny. That's funny is because the other joke I was going to make other than Toastmasters was that it it's going to be like, take a selfie of you voting for Ted Cruz, and you'll get, you know, five million points. Which yeah. actually, I heard on NPR this morning that Ted Cruz has an app where he's having all these people compete where how much people can share on social media. And there's one woman in Iowa who gets like 60,000 points a day and like literally eats, breathes, and sleeps Ted Cruz social mediaing and like may not even care that much about Ted Cruz, but like it's just in it for the competition. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, the future is now. Competition. I feel like yeah. what I'm not understanding here is why I don't know where the target base is because it just feels like the breadth of it is so incredibly random. Like if you buy 500 garbage bags or if you join the polar bear club of San Francisco or if you like <laughs> like join like if you're part of the Alaskan dog trail. Like I mean it just seems like it's there's no is there any rhyme or reason? Like anyone can sign I, up and be like, here, do this and I'll give you a thousand Star Wars points? Like how do they even apply? Why can we do this? Can we like if you listen um, to Mep Report, every show you listen to will give you a hundred like uh Star oh, Wars hey, points. Now we're talking. Right? All we have to do is figure out some way to monetize people's eyeballs on Mep Report and we can like here's another example. Um like at several websites that I've been to already have created like these impossible flowers flash games and they set it up so they're like oh if you get 30 points in this flash game you get your star wars card trader points except that the games are rigged it's like a carnival game like you right. will sit there and mash the button and then and they make you watch a video commercial in between each attempt to <laughs> beat this impossible do. game oh man it's the scummiest thing in the world and so of course they're making crazy amounts of money on fake impressions on their ad servers while the people are like banging their heads trying to get the guy to do a double jump into a cavern where he doesn't fit so that he can get enough points to win the the award um so yes, wow. all those exist. What I was going to say before, though, is that this is like TapJoy is all about creating the false appearance of popularity for whatever your thing is, whether you are a marketer for Tide or whether you're working for an app. Like your job is to show that your company is growing. And if people don't look very closely at the metrics and they just see like users or like monthly users rather than the actual way they're engaging with your app. Like it looks really good to say, oh, look, 10,000 people used it today. Like forget the fact that they used it for 10 seconds and then immediately deleted the app off their phone forever because we gave them their credits and they're done with us. Like we grew our business today. And so that um, 
is an incentive for a lot of marketers to use a service like Tetra because it's you know it'll put people through the door. They will go to your website. They will pull every lever you ask them to pull until the last one that dispenses the coins, and then they'll be gone forever. So but you know it's work. interesting in the university level. I know that one of the big buzzwords has become retention. Like attracting students is not nearly as a bit much of interest, I think, to the higher ups at, at my university anyway. And I think this is the case in a lot of higher education, as is the case of retention of you know keeping the students that you get. So I'm curious if that's going to become the new buzzword. Like if over time the issue is not just going to be pure raw numbers, but how many people you're maintaining that are you know regularly participating in whatever it is. Like on Twitch, it's you know I have I have 3,200 plus followers at this point, but the big deal is concurrent viewers, right? That's really what they're looking for they're looking for how many people regularly come to a show of yours and stay there and are there for hour after hour like that's that's the metric that really matters to them so i'm wondering at one point well, if that's going to hey, be Greg, the case if I were myself you know? yeah if no, i were myself curious. in like yeah. 2000 in 2009 and i wanted you to hire me to promote your current twitch stream i would i would ask you i would go would you be willing to pay six cents a head for a bunch of Bangladeshi subscribers to your Twitch channel because I can get you those all day and all night and your Twitch subscribers will go way up and then you might get partnered by Twitch and people who are actually engaged might pay more attention because who's this guy with you know 100,000 subscribers all of a sudden you right. know forgetting the fact that you know 80,000 of them are just we we bought them from an incentivized service and if they're not you know Western users, they're way cheaper to acquire. Well, the other thing is, too, that, like, I mean, Twitch has a sort of term for that, and it's called viewbotting. And there are people who do it, and supposedly it's against the terms of service, and you can get banned for doing it, just having a bunch of, mm -hmm. like... And I actually knew one guy in particular who was like this, who would always have, like, 300, 400 people in his channel, and it was the most silent channel that exists. Like... Completely silent. I, I've been like, if you go to a channel that's got ten thousand people in it, that channel is hopping. Okay, even if you put it into slow mode, even if you make it so that only subscribers to the channel, not just basic viewers, can actually chat in it, even then it like moves, right? And uh, so you know, for a channel with three hundred people to be like a ghost town, something's seriously wrong. And so that's the issue, right, is that it's not those, – those people are not real. I mean the Bangladeshi people may be real in the sense that they exist in some, you know, internet cafe somewhere where they're like chained to the, you know, <laughs> to the desk and they're waiting for their next, you know, shift to be over so they can switch over with the other person. But like it's not, it's not real and that's what I'm wondering about. I'm wondering about like retention means like people that are actively – continually engaged in the process or is it just a bunch yeah, of like the, women in Iowa who are not really into Ted Cruz but they just are in it for the competition yeah I don't know well that's that's the reason that analytics has matured is because of this problem is because of what a bunch of companies are listening to their marketing guy who tells them he can get them a million users they get a million users and then maybe the they get a bunch of new funding for all this exciting new action and then at the end of the day they're like well nobody's actually using this thing where, where are all these people what are they doing and it's it was something like this and so yeah so advanced analytics exists so that you can look more closely and decide whether these users have any actual value or not which is the step above being a totally scammy marketing type but the thing is at the end of the day like Pete still got your money for trail mix and like Visa still got the transaction fees and the French guy still got your belt money and like there's oh, a so the airport every real minute. commerce going on. Oh yeah. So then the question for yeah. for for uh Disney and for Pete's and for French and Oak French belt makers <laughs> is 
is whether the amount of money that they paid Disney and Tops for the amount of credits that they were giving out right. um, is less or more than the amount that I gave them for my minimal promotional commitment to them. Do you think you so, are the standard for this? Like, do you think that there are lots of people ordering belts from I Am a French Sailor? Oh, God, like, yeah. Really? Oh, God, yes. Yes. We hump tap joy. Like, it's our job. Like, we need the credits. They keep releasing awesome new card sets, and it's impossible to keep up. Wait, you whoa, can only. What, you what can, do you mean, we? Like, are you some hive mind? I'm asking, how do you know this? Do you have, yes. like, forums where you hang out and talk about this? Like, resistance is futile. Oh, God. Like, I mean, how do you know we? How do you know this? How do you know it's we? Well, I was I was recruited by a friend of mine. We have a little recruited out of like you were recruited. Like, <laughs> it was this or Toastmasters. Yeah. What does he mean? We well, wear our, our special Star Wars card trader pants, which you're not allowed to take off ever. And we no, you know, they, there's like five or six of us in a Google Hangout, all talking about our various strategies oh for God, a Google uh, uh, trading and card hoarding and tap joy humping. You know, all I, of these I, things are things that we we all we all do. I don't really. I may w- retract that this is methadone shortly. <laughs> I was just going to say, I may what, say where's the harm is, reduction? Yeah, this, this may be harm <laughs> increase. This is getting more alarming by the minute. It's all I mean, listen, fun, at least he became a badass for Hibernia. Like, at least Team Hibernia celebrated. You know, like, like uh, this is just, this is just like, he's helping French belt makers. What the hell is going on with our world? French belt makers have been improved through the use of Star Wars, like, digital trading cards i bet they're all french toastmasters in their spare time <laughs> all the belt makers today i would like to speak to you about some jackass in america and getting with gentiles for my belts thank you jose i mean jacques i was about to say jose and then it I realized was just that the right thing. it was a little flimsy it just wasn't what it looked like in the picture and i was a little disappointed <laughs> And I was like, I don't really want this belt anymore. Oh, Frank, Frank and Oak. God. And swear, I don't want this. How much was this belt? It was it was a pricey belt. It was not a cheap how, belt. How much, how much was the belt? It was, it was... Answer the question. How Gilbert. much money did you spend on the belt? It was $48. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the? God, what? Get Clea on the line. How many? <laughs> I know. I know. How many points, Russ? Russ how many points I did this so get you? so many. But, but what, wait. What, so what did it, many. What was the equivalent? What was the cash equivalent of the points you got? Uh, 465,000 points. It did not. You did not get $465,000. That's like yen. Credits. That, means credits. that was like $10. Credits. How, how much is that in actual money credits. that exists? Well, look. Given Here we you have go. to use them wisely, you get the credits, and then you can't just blow them on random stuff. You have to try to collect a specific set or something desirable. How much would a single card be that would be community? Like how much would a single card be that's epically I, like important? I told you, like the set that I collected that I primarily used those points for was this Halloween insert set, which if I sold all of them, including the Darth Vader award, I would get about fifty bucks. So it would be close to parity, but only because I was like very savvy in trading and did it perfectly and got this rare thing and got so lucky in the packs that I bought. By, so you sold – if you sold it, <laughs> you would get yes. back the same that you spent along yes. with your trader savvy. The, the thing that you used, the mind that you used to successfully worth compete on a high level in debate it's, it's and worth, to be a great two, improv guy in L.A. Two, two is American two dollars. It's worth $2. <laughs> yes. 
There has to be some sort of thrill that you're not factoring in, though, Greg. Oh, I mean, I'm. I know, obviously, I can't imagine why I wouldn't factor it in. I mean, like, God knows the French guy factored it in. Like, yes, another I mean, sucker. Like, what? We could take, we could take, like, your, you know, your professor's paycheck and then break it down and be like, so you spent two percent of your professor's paycheck on cereal and like you know furniture and at the end of the day these things are all of your wit and intellect and training are worth this many boxes of cereal and you'd be like yeah yes and you know the funny thing about cereal is that it sustains me (laughs) you know what star wars digital cards do not do sustain you well that's up for debate actually my pants were falling down i had lost a few pounds and i really needed a belt did was there yes. were there other things you could have chosen from this guy yeah besides i could have chosen a, sh- a french shirt or a french <laughs> or a french sailor i have a french, french sailor <laughs> <laughs> you got a belt how much was wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute how much was shipping for this belt no this is including including shipping oh wow you don't what a, need what a to bargain. charge much for shipping when no, you're charging not. 48 bucks for a paper belt <laughs> It was leather, guys. It was really Was it nice. leather or was it leather-covered paper? No, it was, real, it was real leather. It was... I returned it. And you did. I, oh, and I have a great strategy where I'm going to try to get store credit for the return and then transfer the store credit to a new account that I set up. And then that account can get the promotion over again by using the same $48 that I already spent on the belt and then get another 460 Are you going to buy a second belt from the French guy so you can have more (laughs) points? Well, they've already got my money, so I may as well. No, but you're getting a return. I thought you were going to return it. I think I only get store credit. I do not think I get my money back. I think I just get credit. Now, so. when you get the store credit, does your does your digital card disappear from your collection? Yeah, they threaten. Often these services are like, do not cancel this immediately. We'll <laughs> revoke your tap joy access. And everyone's like, yeah, go fuck yourselves. We're, we want points and we need them. So this is all done through tap, this tap joy? Tap joy. Yeah, tap joy. A marketing company that I used to work with from the other side of this equation, which is the funny thing. So I used to joy. run tap joy campaigns for apps that I worked for. Tap and I was always like, man, these people love this this thing. Look, I can get 5,000 downloads a day with this TapJoy thing. Now I understand. I understand why. So Kind of karmic justice. We need, I was just going to say that. So we need, we need obviously, to get TapJoy involved in the MEP report. I think that's obvious. And we need to figure out a way to sort of make it, you know, incentivize people um, that we can give them lots and lots of points for some random thing. If they yeah, will. they have to. How about they have to um, have earned and contacted us and gamed one MEP coin, and then when they have a MEP coin, then they get their their Candy Crush points or whatever. Well, they I was want. just about to ask that. Like, it's the second part that's going to matter. So far, they're like, yes, and and you're like, Candy Crush. Like, oh, all right, okay, now I'm listening. Candy Crush. Yes, <laughs> I know. I know this market. Yes, I know this system. I actually, I just had a guy uh, who contacted me. Um, who uh, works for, I won't say the company that he works for, but that is sort of a mobile company that's trying to do uh, more uh, mobile storytelling. Um, and, and like, it's most masters. Yes. Well, <laughs> one wonders a little bit. I mean, and, and probably, I mean, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to talk to him, you know, tomorrow and kind of get a sense of what the thing is. I mean, my concern is that it's sort of like, like Twitter storytelling that, is sort of interesting in an academic sense, but I don't think is, I think I got enough things on my plate that I don't want to add something else like that, you know, but 
it's it's weird because I'm always like, you know, one of these days, one of these things that is supposed to revolutionize, you know, insert, uh, you know, longstanding thing here is going to be actually the case. Like it will actually revolutionize things and we're going to find ourselves and I'm going to find that I was sort of left out in the cold if I don't get in on the ground floor. So I, I do, you know, I, I'm not sure I'm going to have to think about it, but mobile storytelling and like mobile platforms and all that stuff, um, that's... I guess there's something to that. So maybe, anyway, I, I don't know how it's connected to Tapjoy exactly, but like I was thinking about mobile. It um, feels more yeah, scuzzy just, though, doesn't it? Don't, don't mobile well, things feel look, more scuzzy? Like, a, I don't know. Apropos of nothing for your friend, I do do mobile marketing consulting and I work for Star Wars card trader credits. So <laughs> you can just let them know. You could, you could probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> it is true that at some point Russ is just going to keel over from lack of nourishment. And it will be because he had not actually accounted for anything real. Like, it, he was like, but I got the Christmas Ewoks set. Like, that was uh, the oh, last yeah. thing. For those heard. of you who weren't paying attention in the uh, the slightly more respected uh, fake world of digital commodities, uh, Bitcoin is up about 50% from last week. So that's been fun. China has decided it needs a whole bunch of Bitcoin. And it's been driving a lot of uh, demand. So... The price has kind of gone uh, parabolic for nice. about I, a week. I, I think we've all learned that China is a very safe place to uh, invest your money and to take advice from, like sort of to follow. Uh, if you can follow the Chinese stock market, I think we've demonstrated that it had, will have no impact on the world economy. They are a very yeah. stable place. Well, some people claim that this rush to Bitcoin is because of there's a huge amount of capital outflows going out of China because they're degrading their currency and people don't want to have the, the yuan uh, into great supply. And other people have pointed to this Ponzi scheme called MMM or Triple M, which exists in China, which is now using Bitcoin somehow and asking people to buy Bitcoin for like happiness and wealth and fortune. And so they keep passing along this message of buying Bitcoin and they're all participating in this thing. Um, maybe. It's hard to tell how much is one and how much is the other. I note um, with no particular sense of irony that this seems to be happening directly in line with what you describe as the rise of Star Wars digital trading card information. And I, I, I in my mind, am connecting these two factors. <laughs> okay. your, your thoughts? Uh, one is a game that is used to promote a movie. The other one is the future of your one civilization. That is used but I won't tell nothing. you which. I won't tell you which is which. Yeah, yes. I don't know which is which. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've got to figure that out on your own. Oh, <laughs> right. Gosh, darn it! Well, believe it or not, gentlemen, we have uh, we have come to the end of an hour. I think we've successfully offended both the Toastmasters and anyone who happens to love Star Wars digital things. And if there's anyone out there who is going to give a Toastmaster speech on Star Wars Digital, we have really pissed you off. Uh, so if you like this and or if you would like to take up our challenge for uh, to debate you in any Lions Club or Legion, American Legion Hall across this great length and breadth of the United States in which we live, please let us know at uh, themapreport.com. Please continue to listen to us and, uh, yeah, check us out. And, and if you can do so and can also pay Russ specifically, not Story and me, but, but Russ in Star Wars uh, points, we would, we would love to hear from you. Say goodbye, everybody. It was like light brown. I didn't have any light brown belts. <laughs> you can you can see. I love George Lucas. Oh my god. Well the last time I saw old man he knew him better da He was chasing a female he knew him better da As he shot past I heard him say, George, 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 George.
She can't fly, but I'm telling you, she can run the pits of a kangaroo. But I don't She can't fly, but I'm telling you, she can run the pants of a kangaroo. Well, there is a moral to this ditty, um, but a little da da da. Frost can sing, but he ain't pretty, um, but a little da da da. Duck can swim, but he can't sing, nor can the eagle on the wing. Emu can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can run the pants of a kangaroo. Well, the cook a bar laughed and he said, It's true, um, but a little da da 